Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. From a supposed listener of the show, because he's one of many hockey podcasts out there that steals our bits, <laughs> one Sean McIndoo, a.k.a. Down Goes Brown. As of this morning, a team that has 31 wins and 35 losses is holding down the wild card spot, ahead of two, count it, two teams that each have 35 wins and 29 losses because the loser point makes the playoff races better. And he continues a team with 39 wins and 27 losses is three points ahead of a team with 29 wins and 20, 39 wins, excuse me, and 25 losses for home ice advantage in their conference because the loser point makes the playoff races better. And I can go on and on and on, but he finishes like this. The loser point is terrible. doesn't do exactly what the NHL says it does only exists to inflate the records of GMs who vote on all this stuff and should be embarrassed by it. Thank you for coming to my Ted talk. So with that, I bring up last week's question. What individual group of people, body committee, whatever you want to call it, whatever you would like to form, who should be in charge of making rules for the NHL? Because the reason I read that is it sure is blank. Shouldn't be the GMs. Ooh, ooh, I have an answer. Yes, yes. You in the front row. (laughs) Excuse me really quick, professor. Cause I have to, I have to, you know, as a man, I feel obliged to interrupt a woman. Of course, yes. Just sorry, it's, it's sorry. I need to remember my place. That's that's right. <laughs> Do we have to fill in the blank? Because you sure. I, I would like you to fill in the blank before before you uh, present your answer. Okay, Cassie, you may as as a man. I now allow you to please continue. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that. <laughs> For those who don't know, we're being sarcastic. We're joking. It's okay. <laughs> Um, I, I declined to fill in the blank because I feel that that Patrick, as a man, would be more qualified to do that. Um, <laughs> Are you uh, saying anyway. he's more full of blank because he's a man? <clears throat> ding, 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 ding. How about the Mariners? Um, <laughs> no, so um, I think that the the group that should decide the rules in the NHL is the American Hockey League because they're the ones that have to test all those rules before they actually go into effect in the NHL. Hmm. Or at least make strong recommendations as opposed to the NHL just handing it down from on high and saying, you guys need to test this for us to see if it works. And then the NHL just observes whether it works or not, and then they decide to adopt it or not. So, hmm. curious. Curiouser and curiouser. Curious. I struggled with this question, and by the way, I I choose not to fill in the blank because I don't use that kind of language in front of ladies. Um, <laughs> I don't see any ladies here. What are you talking about? (laughs) 
my um, my Aust- my Australian shepherd's in the room with me. Uh, okay. Although she is starting to become deaf, so I could swear in front of her and she'd never know. Um, don't offend her delicate sensibilities. I really don't. Okay. Um, I really struggled with this because every answer I conceived fell apart the minute I put it through some sort of Einsteinian thought experiment simply because if you if you give it to a panel of of people like like you know um like people from the NHLPA people from the teams themselves and maybe some sports experts or something along those lines it all just kind of falls back on itself then you then it's rules by committee and as we all know anybody that knows anything about committees knows they're all doomed to fail because they just succumb to their own process the weight of their own process uh, so i think i'm going to steal the um the idea from the woman and claim it as my own as is generally typical of males. So I think the AAHL should be the ones to, do, to, to propose new rules. Wow, Patrick, that's a great idea. Isn't it, though? Aren't you glad I thought of it? Um, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I woke up in a really weird mood today, and this has just been very helpful. Uh, no, I agree 100%. Uh, I think if we have to, which is, kind of falling into that point. I think that's a great place to start. Because I'm just, I I did the math for, oh God, somebody, like when, um, I think it was when, not this past season, but the season before, they were, somebody was posting graphics from a hockey game a feed uh, showing Peter DeBoer's record and saying, you know, well, he shouldn't be on the hot seat or something like, and this was before this season, before he got fired. But last season there were some struggles and stuff. And they're saying, you know, that he's, he's a, he's well over 500 as a coach. And I looked at the numbers and I went, those don't add up. (laughs) Those simply do not add up. He had like 700 some odd losses and only 560 some odd wins. I'm like, that's not a 500 coach. Oh, you mean 500 points? Well, guess what? Everyone can be 500 in points when you award a point every game. <laughs> you know? A loss is a loss. It doesn't matter if it happens in overtime or regulation. Giving me a point for losing in, regu- or losing in overtime is just... Ugh, it's a loss. Suck it up. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. So, I pose this question because it's it's kind of a tent pole in my campaign against or, or campaign to turn uh hockey into you know lacrosse on ice i don't have a great answer <laughs> for you my first thought was bring john collins back mm-hmm. who was um coo of the league but then i remember he's a, a white male at the end of the day and you know how much is really going to change you know, they still signed a new deal with NBC under his watch, but good for business. Um, then I thought about, you know, just picking off, you know, marketing or 
entertainment executives from the NBA? Mm-hmm. There's probably an answer in there. There's probably someone who, well, probably makes more money now than the commissioner does. Uh, That's kind of where I was leading with my committee. You know, you have a couple yeah. people from hockey side and then a third is from like, like you were saying, you know, a group like that. Yeah. But my, my fear in creating a committee is always how long is Colin Campbell still going to be around and still be involved because he is, he is kind of the, uh, the gatekeeper for things that happen or don't happen via hockey operations. Well, here's the thing is that both Shanahan and Paros, when they took over department of player safety stuff, they both cracked down like, you know, they felt it should be. And then after a while they like loosened way up probably because they were told to. Mm-hmm. So the question isn't so much who should make the rules. The question is, shouldn't the person in charge of, of player safety, department of player safety, whoever that may be actually reviewing stuff or whatever, shouldn't they be allowed to do their job without interference from other people? And I was sitting here thinking exactly that. I don't, I don't know as if they were told to lighten up so much as. Oh no, it was abrupt. It seemed very abrupt to me. I think that, uh, which led me to believe that they were told to. Well, they got their knees taken out of them a couple of times through that arbitrator. True. You know, I, I go back to the, um, oh God, the, the referee suspension. And I, for the love of God, I can see the play. I can see it was a Flames player. I cannot remember who the hell it was who completely clocked the official in the back and, you know, got, you know, the officials union went up in arms and he got a pretty hefty suspension and sat out all of it. But, you know, because as they, as they like to do, they delay the process long enough to where you serve the 20 games. But at the end of the day, the arbitrator came back and lessened it. So he got salary returned to him and, you know, part of his record expunged, so to speak. But yeah, you know, I just see, you know, the the times where they do want to bring the hammer, um, justifiably in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the the PA goes to the arbitrator and the arbitrator takes the knees out of of the dops. So, you know, you, you're kind of almost gun shy to to do anything meaningful because if you do, it's going to get overruled by this you know, completely arbitrary person in the middle. So screw that person. Dennis Weidman was the name you were looking for. Thank you. God. Oy. Well, it's, it, it's also the player's fault for even like going to the arbitrator. <laughs> well, it's like, well, uh, I didn't do that. It's not my fault. The whole victimhood thing that runs rampant in the NHL. God forbid they actually admit to, you know, doing something wrong, but publicly at least. Um, but you know, that's, that's part of the problem too, is just the player in question is usually like questioning why they got such, you know, got that. Well, they, they've set, they've set kind of, a, they've also set kind of a damning precedent against themselves. Right. And this, this goes back to the Evander Kane um, blow up on Twitter 
which is you see his play gets three games and somebody else gets one, somebody else gets a fine, you know, all. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the Chera, you know, cross check to Gallagher's throat. I'm talking about elbows, mm-hmm. you know, very clear or not so clear, but kind of was intentional type elbows. You don't see any consistency and it's not just under Peros. It's gone back quite a ways. The only thing we had with Shanahan that softened all of that was they came out with videos. And, you know, they even on the plays where they didn't suspend someone, you could disagree with it, but at least they showed you the rationale. They tried to. They tried to show their work. The problem, ultimately, is that in the NHL, especially the NHL, is they always want to bring intent into it, into the interpretation and if they just said it doesn't matter what the intent and intent is this guy did that that would clean up a lot of things it's like what the actual action is as opposed to what the player intended to do versus the actual action is a bunch of bs i I mean it's it's the that's it's the whole um is it is is it a two minute high sticking penalty or is it a four minute high sticking penalty because there's blood? It's oh like, god, that one! Drives it drives me crazy. It's like, why should it matter if there's blood or not? <laughs> anyway. And why does it only matter when it's a high sticking call and not a glove to the face? Right. You know. So in sitting and listening to you, I I think my only potential answer for this is either a live events or television producer should be in charge of some of these rules. Because I I want someone that whatever it ends up being, make the game a little more entertaining and less nuanced and about self-preservation. I don't want to stare at guys looking at iPads for, for, you know, checking to see if something is a minor or a major. I don't want to stare at iPad guys looking at iPads. It's like, it's like watching a news program and guys are touching, you know, large touchscreen monitors. Just tell me the information. I don't want to see you fumble your hands. And as we're going to see in the U S come election, you know, major election season in the fall, guys trying to swipe things on a screen. No, just do something and get the information out there. All the rules are predicated at guys keeping their jobs or writing quote unquote wrongs that were done to their teams. And we got to get rid of that BS. So, so much right now. Um, Cause you know, there was more talk last week about an emergency backup goalie and now how those rules need to change versus someone becoming the eighth person to score 700 career goals. Something that could draw in fans, you know, a chase for a record that saved some other sport before a steroid controversy did almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Poor old Batchkin. I want to first jump back a couple minutes and, and applaud you. And, and let's mark this day in history. You actually admitted to sitting and listening to a woman. Um, <laughs> I just feel like carrying that theme on today for some reason. Uh, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um, <laughs> I know you're not serious. <laughs> and Pat, feel free to jump in. It's okay. 
I'm the youngest <laughs> of five girls. I'm used to getting like a bunch of stuff thrown at me at the same time. Um, uh, I do. Yeah, poor Ovechkin can't win for winning. You know, mm-hmm. what's we'd probably still be talking, still be talking about that epic Stanley Cup celebration if it weren't for the St. Louis Blues. You know, the only story that could have been better than Ovechkin winning was literally a team that was in last place in January and has this fantastic, you know, super fan cancer survivor. As you know, they they just bonded and all this other crap just like yeah okay yeah over over over, over what over ye over chicken oven chicken <clears throat> yeah he had what a grand total of 12 hours to celebrate 700 goals wait 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 you need to go back to where you agreed with me You know, we're gonna go there. We're gonna go there. <laughs> oh, this I love that this one just started completely off the rails. We didn't take it there. I, <laughs> the, the shark hath been jumped. Um, <clears throat> but has it been milkshake ducked yet? Mm. Stay tuned. Do you have something you want to tell us, Pat? <laughs> no, but we're talking about NHL hockey. Yeah, One thing typically leads to another. Yeah, nobody can survive the scrutiny of doxing effectively. So, Enough David about Harris. that. More about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were right, Cassie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This just in, man agrees with woman. <laughs> Admits Happy she so was right. <laughs> Even... Didn't take credit for it. <laughs> uh, I, I think so. It's because I was talking to a couple of, of friends of mine who are women who are big, huge hockey fans, and they were just bitching the other night about how anytime they bring up you know, that Henrik Lundqvist or Patrick Sharp is easy on the eyes. They're just, everything else they say is just automatically dismissed. Oh, I actually had, I, uh, I had, there was a, one of the athletic writers for Vancouver was doing a caption this with, and I don't remember what the player was, and they were doing like cheesy pickup lines. And I retweeted that and saying, you know, I'm here for all the cheesy hockey pickup lines because they're funny. They're hilarious. And I lost two followers on Twitter because of that. Oh. <laughs> I'm Just, like, oh, come on. It's it, funny. It, it could be funny. <laughs> it's not. I'm not taking it serious. It's hilarious. <laughs> But I was just, I, I was laughing to myself all day about that. I was just like, I, I can't I, believe I lost two people because of that. That's so silly. Yeah. They could have been also bots, you know. Yeah. Hopefully. That's why I don't bother to look at any of my numbers on it. Oh, I don't really care. I mean. No, I, I know. I just, yeah. I just stopped. I couldn't even tell you what I'm at on any of them because half the time it's, you know, I could just see you've been followed by and then. You know, for days on end, it's snarky hockey talk or um, 
you know, somebody goes and spam creates a bunch of those accounts and they all just start following people that are follow chains. You know, they'll look at like Jeff Merrick or Wyshynski and see who all's following them and they'll start they'll start following them and then the other side is obviously, you know, all the porn bots that just run around and follow everyone. Oh, my, speaking of which, I'm going to take off a sidetrack here really quick. I did, however, notice that last week I got followed by an equestrian magazine. <laughs> and it's because in my profile, remember, I have professor of homeopathic equine psychology at the Evergreen <laughs> University. So that had to have been why they followed me. They were just looking at people's profiles for keywords. They found equine and equestrian and just decided to follow me. Nice. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> I have more fun seeing who pops up every now and then and trying to figure out how they got here. Um, oh, where were we? Oh, hockey. That's uh, right. The sport. <laughs> uh, a question, equestrian based lacrosse. That's what we were doing. Oh, God damn. Could we teach <laughs> to skate? Yes. 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 <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> did we did did, did we I? Ser- <laughs> did, Yes, you. Me. Yeah, you, the woman. Did a woman just create a great idea? Get out of here. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, there's a a new all women podcast. Yes. And the 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 name of it is just freaking so brilliant. And um can we say that the Twitter handle's even better? Oh, it yes. is. Yes. It is I better. Think should, I think they should have named the podcast that. Go ahead and say it. Well, yeah, I'm getting there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so well, the hurry po- up, woman. <laughs> <laughs> busy making sandwiches. <laughs> anyway, so, so it's called Too Many Men, which I think is freaking brilliant. And then, of course, the Twitter handle is two underscore much underscore man. Respect the underscores. Respect the underscores. So I, I feel like that was a thing once upon a time on hockey shows. Oh. What, the underscore thing? Yeah. Or too yeah. much man? Well, no, no. I mean, that that's like a rhetorical question. Is there too much men in hockey podcasts? My column. <laughs> as a white man writing it yeah <laughs> thank you for attending my ted talk <laughs> <laughs> yeah they even have they even have um merchandise which is just amazing i love it <laughs> yes and by the way go listen to it oh it was so damn funny it was you are oh. you are free to listen to more one podcast more than one podcast in your life yeah and, you know, screaming out for equal opportunities, steal their bits, too. Jeff Merrick. Uh, yeah, sir, yeah, I could just wait for 31 Thoughts, um, F. Mary Kill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> Although I think it would be hysterical to put that in front of Ellie. Kind of like the, cringe mo- the cringeworthy moment when Section 328 asked John Forsland about an F. Mary Kill. You can just hear John like, I don't know how to do this. Oh, well, do you know the full backstory of this? Yes. Yeah, I did hear the full backstory. So John Forslund 
used to come on the old Section 328 Carolina Hurricanes podcast each fall. Rest in peace. Yeah. And um, so one time, I want to say three seasons ago, they they did a little, you know, prep work for a show, which was, you know, the world should have been ending at that point. <laughs> they asked him, how would you feel about doing an F. Mary Kill question? And he was like, yeah, I'm all for it. Because he said those fools up perfectly to yep. make them look like morons on their own yep. show. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, it was a thing of beauty. <clears throat> yeah, it was a thing of beauty. Yes, as is the Too Much Men. I feel like it should be called Too Much Men podcast. You know, but, I just... But I, I get... But then they have the built-in trope every time that penalty is uh, called yes. in the game. Yes. Yes, and it was fantastic. It's Allison Lucan and Shayna Gold. I, uh, I just remember her Twitter feed because it's, Hey, Shayna! And she does Rangers stuff for Blue Shirt Banter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one, the only Sarah Sivian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. It's available on all major podcast platforms. Ooh. Please subscribe today and follow the <laughs> Twitter feed at two underscore much underscore men. Man, not men. Too, man, man, sorry. Too much man. Yeah, I keep, who was the ref that did that? Does anybody remember? Was it the ref or was it the the TV graphic? It might have it might have just been the TV graphic. I think it was just the TV graphic. Oh, you know what? I'm getting it confused with the whole two minutes for you can't do that. Uh, Which is the other other classic one. That and then giving them the business. Yeah. <laughs> so trade deadline happened. Oh, did it? It was a thing. Yeah. 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 It certainly did. And, and once again, something that should be set forth and parameters put in place by some sort of producer and executive that knows how to run live events. This one was worthy of paying attention to. It's Amazingly. actually the busiest one since 1980, apparently. It was busy. It would all transactions were spread out throughout yep. the day. Yep. Um, they delayed all the boring Canadian pre- uh, GM press conferences until after the deadline. Well, not only till after the deadline. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it was an hour past, um, and there were no llamas. So, <laughs> and but sadly, also there were there were no. Um, t-shirt cannon crotch shots on TSN either. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that Brian or Martin Biron getting one of the other, it was like they were having a, some t-shirt cannon thing and he, he got, I think Jennifer Hedger in the unmentionable area. And she turned around and got him back. Um, I, I, I want to say that was a thing, now, but the math checks out. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the most important thing that happened because there was one that, that trumped them all that day. I want to know seriously if Johnny Goodrow was put up to go into the bathroom at that time, (laughs) because the only reason I say that, the only reason I say that is because I'm hearkening back to a conversation that they had on hockey central one day. And I think it was, I think, I don't remember who asked Anthony Stewart the question, but 
the question was asked if you ever, you know, it may have been with Brian Burke too. I mean, so it may have been a Friday. If they ever sort of played a joke like that, you know, they ever pulled a player off the ice just because there was so much media there that day. If they ever play, pulled a player off the ice just to, just to prank the media. And, you know, the way that it, the way that it blew up, oh, Johnny Goudreau just left the ice at Flames practice, you know, and it just <clears> took <throat> off. And then they had to sit and wait. And then, you know, the answer was I had to pee. I mean, come on. No, he, he had a, they, they had an impromptu press conference afterwards. I, I, I know, <laughs> but that's what I, but that's what I'm saying is that, doesn't that all feel a bit like, you know, a, a I don't bit think he was put prank? up to it because he said that he asked to leave early. He I, said he, he asked. And so it, he, I, if anyone was pranking anyone, it was him. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> maybe, you know, they, players like to put money on the board for stuff, right? For random stuff. Who's to say someone didn't put, you know, a K or something on the board saying, you know, anybody that, that asks off the ice, you know, before trade deadline ends, you know, this is yours type thing. Mm-hmm. I, it just, it, it felt so obvious and so well done that it felt obvious, you know? Yeah. Cause nothing in the NHL is well done. <laughs> well, nothing from the NHL is well done. Teams themselves have a tendency to execute very well. So long as the NHL doesn't get in their way, but you know, there's how many teams now? 31. Almost all of them had some sort of practice or, or skate that day. And only one guy ends up going to the bathroom before trade deadline ends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's my spidey senses were tingling on that one. And, and I, all I can say is if it was, it was so well executed. If it wasn't, it was still so well executed just because everyone was like, oh, Goudreau's off the ice. Oh my God, where's he going? <laughs> now the best part was they had to have a press conference afterwards yeah. about it. Of course, because it's, it's Canada. The best part is like having him on camera saying, I just left because I had to pee. <laughs> on camera. <laughs> uh, they got a number one pick for him. Um <clears throat> <clears throat> Thank God they didn't get a number two. Um, <laughs> I saw that tweet too. Yeah, I'm sorry. Josh, <laughs> I am a dad. Dads can have dad jokes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, other than that, the only other thing that I found mildly in her, I mean, I, I, I will never say a person that made great deals is a winner at trade deadline because generally when you're trading for something and there's only 20 some odd games left, you're in trouble because getting that player acclimated to your system and all the other lovely things that goes along with it in 20 games is very hard to do. Um, but that being said, I think the Andreas Athanasiu deal was unbelievably interesting for two reasons. One, he acquiesced to the mascot for the number. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Did he real? I missed that. Yes. Oh, you did? Yeah, no, I yes. saw that. Oh, that yeah, makes it because, that much better. A hunter wears, <laughs> yeah, 
uh, Hunter, the terrifying rabid lynx mascot for the Edmonton Oilers, wears 72 because that's when they joined the WHA. Go figure. And uh, Athanasiu made some sort of comments that I didn't want to have to buy him a Rolex to get my number. So that's why he changed numbers. Mm. Uh, so wait, that means we got to start counting WHA stuff? Thank you. That's, uh, thank you. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to. No, only the Canadian hockey men think so these days. Well, if we're protecting the sovereignty of our of our game and our icons, then yes, Wayne Gretzky deserves to have his WHA gold totals counted. To which <laughs> one certain Gordy Howe goes, oh, he does, huh? <laughs> <clears throat> funny, funny that. Mm. Well. I guess mine deserve to be counted too, then, eh? <laughs> I think so. You know, you know what else was kind of fun? Someone was. I I I secretly think Lou Amar Lou Lamarillo has a sense of humor. You want to know why? Why he added a condition on a 2022 <laughs> third round pick that his team's going to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, and I'm just sure. Shoot your shot, Lou. I loved it. And didn't he put a condition on this on the other pick? Yeah, that he, it was he, it was this year was he protected his first round pick in 2020. Yeah, this one was lottery protected, and the subsequent one was bumped if they made the Stanley Cup. So he's expecting to go from worst to first. Mm-hmm. No, no, Lou totally has a sense of humor. I, I, I watched the Devils for a number of years, and no, he totally does. He just like keeps it under wraps. It's a very sly sense of humor. He, you know what? I will say, and again, I like to do this because, oops, let me pick up that name I just dropped. I've met the man. Mm-hmm. Um, and lived to tell about it. Yeah, well, no, he, he, you could tell there's, there is a wry, sardonic wit that, that's just right below the surface, you know, and sometimes it pokes up and just goes, hi, I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, God, that was, <sighs> Jesus. And, um, yes, I know, I, I, tend to hate review shows because we're going to be way after everyone else's review shows, but I don't care because our takes are important. Damn it. We have a woman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That isn't just reading social media or bringing me headlines. Right. Oh God. Jesus. (laughs) Trot me out like a trophy. Hey, what's going on on Twitter, Cassie? Okay, great, thanks. Oh, we got this tweeted. Okay, great, thanks. We got a we got a trade breaker. Yeah, there's reports out there that nothing happened. Okay, <laughs> you know they always interrupt, and the, and the worst part is they always inter- they always end up interrupting them for non news news. You know, Oh, Jesus. Um, it's it's the evolution of the secretary. Oh. God, now I'm triply disappointed, and now you've just planted that in my head. <laughs> and I'll say it again. Wow, record day. You're right. Look at that. 
Um, twice. Twice in one <laughs> show. Good for you, Cassie. Keep on. Um, <clears throat> I'm earning my keep. <laughs> Oh, no, I, um, the, the only thing I was going to say was, look at me. I'm shocked and appalled that a top-tier Stanley Cup contending team didn't want to trade even a seventh-round conditional draft pick for a 40-year-old, slow, non-penalty-killing pass machine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Joe Thornton, I love you, dude. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer, full stop, but... Looking, not happening. <laughs> it's not happening for you. <laughs> Doug if Wilson's I, Kool-Aid isn't that good. Not even I don't I don't think his own Kool-Aid's that good. I mean, if you're Tampa Bay, what the hell's Joe Thornton gonna do for you? If you're Boston, what the hell's Joe Thornton gonna do for you? If you're Dallas, what the hell's Joe Thornton gonna do for you? Exactly. I said there was one team that it would make sense for him to go to, and that was the Philadelphia Flyers. And, oh, look at them go. They are slowly challenging both Washington and Pittsburgh for first place in that division. Right. And, I mean, even even there, I'm like, eh, yeah. you know. He, he fits in a small role. but and, and that's just the thing, is at this point in his career, it, that role is microscopic on those it's, types of teams, you know? For him, it's too little too late, really. I mean, it's not like Ray Bork, who was still pretty solid defenseman when he went to Colorado, you know? Yeah. Um, if Thornton had, like, thought that three, four years ago, it would be a totally different story, probably. But, like, now, I I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. I, well, well, except for if you listen to Toronto media, because he's clearly signing with the Maple Leafs in the offseason because they need a new team dad. Is well, he from Ontario? I don't remember. Aren't they all? Aren't they all I from swear. Ontario? I swear they are. I think I think Toronto, I think uh, Canada just really has one province, and it's just Ontario. Yeah. All the other, all the others uh, are sort of yeah. like Puerto Rico is to the United States, <laughs> you know? He is from London, Ontario. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. Of course he is. Uh, everybody wants to go play in Toronto if they're from Ontario, and everybody wants to go play in Montreal if they're from Quebec. Nobody My favorite wants to play in Montreal butt. even if they are from Quebec. I know, right? Favorite scuttlebutt from the apparent Joe Thornton talk was Wilson would only trade him to a legitimate Stanley Cup contender because – what the heck does that mean this season? That was his request, though. That was Joe's request. That wasn't. That, those were the constraints DW had. That was Joe's request. So you know what that means? Oh, a team that has to get into the playoffs that isn't the second wild card team in the Atlantic. Right. That's why uh, Eastern Conference. That's that. So pretty you had, much leaves you a bunch of other options. You had Pittsburgh. You had. Boston, you had Tampa, you had Washington, right? Maybe Vegas. Those are those. I would, I think, for me, Vegas, those are my Dallas, five. Colorado, St. Louis. Well, St. Yeah, St. Louis. So I would, I would say, Pittsburgh, Washington, Vegas, St. Louis, Boston, 
are probably my five like you know front runners for cup contenders right now. And of those five, what the hell? You got no room on any of them. I mean, Colorado would have made sense only because their power play is atrocious for as talented a team as they are. Mm. And they can afford to sit them as soon as guys are healthy. Yeah. and Yeah, but you have the requirement in playoffs to get your name on the cup. You have to play two games. Would Thornton make it back in the lineup for two games? Uh, at least I, one, I, I one in the that. final. Yeah. Is it one in the final? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it's one in the final. Oh, no, a woman was wrong. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't listen to me anymore now because no. I was wrong once. <laughs> um, I'm... I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's at least one game in the final or 40 games in the regular season. I'll go look correct. at it really quick. Yeah, correct. I thought yeah. So yeah, I, I mean two games in the playoffs, but just generally, but we'll what do go. I know? I'm just a woman. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let it we'll let it go this time. Um, yeah. <laughs> God, I hope people don't jump in the middle of the show and think that we're serious. Um, I think they, I, you know, if it was a if he was parked for most of the playoffs, like he probably would be, um, and they got up, like, you know, whatever team he was on was up in the series, like 3-1 or something, I don't see them having a problem putting him on, you know, and basically running 11 forwards and 6-D and then trotting him out for five minutes of power play time and maybe a shift here and there. Do people get five minutes of power play time in the playoffs, though? Well, then that's the problem, right? So you, uh, so... They do in Vegas. <laughs> no, that's yeah, five Vegas minutes. is from experience. for, like, everybody. So. <laughs> that's five minutes of penalty kill time. <laughs> well. So if you, wanted, if you wanted five minutes of power play time, you should have just stayed on the Sharks. Um, hey, fancy how that works out. Yeah, really. So the other side of that whole conversation was the other thing that Doug Wilson said that was probably the second funniest thing to me that happened on trade deadline day besides Johnny Goudreau. He said he's they're going to be a contender next year. God forbid they should actually use the R word. <laughs> he thinks they're going to be a contender next year. <laughs> Are they completely overhauling their entire team during the offseason? Is that what they're doing? I do. Is Carlson getting an ankle transplant? I mean, what's going on here? I uh, I recently rewatched the Altered Carbon series on Netflix because I they were putting out the new series this past Thursday, and and the whole concept is your consciousness can be put into anybody, and to which I would say at that point, Eric Carlson needs to clone Eric Carlson without all the injuries and just transfer his consciousness, that's the only way you're getting Eric Carlson back. <laughs> um, Genet- oh a genetic re-engineered I, Eric Carlson clone. And and I was talking to a, um, a friend of mine in San Jose about that whole thing and just, you know, like, oh, my God, how bad is the water down there? What is it laced with? You know, what the hell is he drinking? Because... They've got nothing in the system. They've got some draft picks, but they don't have a great record of drafting and they have a worse record of developing. What the hell makes them think they're going to be contenders? Oh, 
So he's going to end up with a with a metric ton of cap space? No, doesn't have a metric ton of cap space. So how the hell do you rebuild that roster when you've got no centers? None. None that are top tier. And I'm sorry for all the people that are screaming Logan Couture at me right now. He is a two at this point in his career. He is a best, a very good second-line center at this point in his career. And this is an individual partially responsible for rules in this stupid league. Yeah. Are you saying general managers are delusional? Yes. That's crazy talk. Especially that one. I just, you know, I just, I, I'm looking forward, and I say this sarcastically, I'm looking forward to the draft picks that get ferried off to buy in um, somebody else's problem contract or somebody else's high-end talent to the Sharks. And, you know, again, there goes their future, you know. Mortgage tomorrow to pay for today. That's his motto. That should be. So, Chris Kreider to the Sharks E4 in 2022. Is, is that <laughs> what we're saying here? Oh no, he's got he's got he's got to make him a contender, and the and they have to make the playoffs next year. You know, like so I said, is he gonna is he gonna trade people to Seattle before the you know the season before they even play? I think <laughs> Seattle's I think Seattle's gonna look at that roster and go, can we get a pass? Yeah. <laughs> we have to mo- pick from all 31 teams. <laughs> which warm well, body off their minor league team can we just take and then release? Well, can can we take and have them basically play in our minor league? Because you're going to have, you know, 30 players. Because remember, Cassie, Vegas isn't involved in this. Oh, that's twice you were wrong. Uh-oh. <gasps> <laughs> that's okay. I'm used to it. Yeah, you can't believe anything I have to say because I was wrong. Not like I've never been wrong on this damn show. Um, <laughs> multiple times, probably just even in this episode. Um, oh, and by the way, the answer is going to be they're going to they won't protect Hurdle because of his qualifying offer in two years. You mean Meyer? Mm. Or Meyer? Oh, you were wrong. Oh, <gasps> oh, can't trust the man now. A man? Well, no, you can't. Know. You can't trust a guy in the you know uh, non-traditional hockey market. Uh, oh, right, yeah. Sun Belt team fan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> a Farm Belt team fan. Oh my God. Wow. What do we do? We've had both men and women wrong on this podcast. Uh oh. Wait, the sun's still coming. It's like we're NHL um, general managers. Oh, shit. <laughs> Actually, we're, we're wrong less than them, so I, I think that, that we deserve something better than to be it's general just... managers. <laughs> presidents of presidents of hockey ops. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. It's probably gonna, yeah, well, yeah. They'll trade for draft picks. Well, <laughs> Seattle. Then, Seattle will trade for draft picks. Go, go, gooey ducks. <laughs> and while we're here, thank you for bringing up Seattle, Cassie. Always. That's the last thing I had on my docket for this show was, hey, buy a ticket, get a ride. Free public transit to all the gooey duck games. Woo! Great. Those of you from the Seattle area may now start laughing hysterically because you realize that our public transit is god-awful. 
Well, that's why they did the monorail thing, because there is actually a light rail station at Westlake. Great. So if I want to get from the airport to a Gooey Ducks game, I'm set. Yeah, there's one for there's a there's a rail from like Everett or something. I don't Monroe. remember. I haven't looked at the map in a while. <laughs> Great. If I want to get from Everett to a Gooey Ducks game, I'm set. Pretty much. Go, go, Gooey Ducks. Otherwise, I'm taking... Mercer Street. The Mercer Mess or Ooh. Metro. Can they can they just close down Amazon while you know games are going and Google and all of that on on Mercer and let people you know drive? Yeah, I'd love to see it. Um, but my my question was a little bit more. <laughs> my comment was is that my God, the public transit around here sucks. Always has. Logistics behind that initiative. Now I didn't read the full press release and I and I haven't heard, but I don't think they stated. How are they subsidizing that? Because that's an additional cost of the ticket. Right. Right? Because I think they said basically it's like an ORCA card, which is our sort of mass transit card up here. You can, you know, you buy, you basically just sort of swipe a card as you get on on any of the transit options around here, and boom, you're charged. Um, Are the ticket... How are they going to subsidize it? I mean, they're saying it's included in the price of the ticket. So even single game tickets or season ticket holders, it's all there. I'm sorry, Patrick, but the mob has spoken. (laughs) You've gone too far down the road. But Main Street is broken. (laughs) Monorail. (laughs) I was trying to figure out how to work it in. and You got it. You open the door. Just you enough. got it. I was, I was, I was staying away from it because I wanted one of you to step through the door. So thank you. I'm really curious as to how they're going to subsidize it. Our, I mean, I, I'm already pretty confident in saying that our ticket prices are going to be top five in the league. Yeah, I would be surprised season. if they were less. <laughs> I'd be really surprised if they were less. <laughs> you know. Um, eh. And I know they're not, you know, it's it's going to be like Ticket Bastard, right? It's not going to be, it'll be baked into the price of the ticket. It's the only thing I can think of, which means that those, I just, it just smells like those tickets are going to be super expensive. Mm-hmm. Even the cheap seats. Mm-hmm. I knew that was going to be the case when they got 30,000 people wanting tickets. Or That's entities, just, I guess I should say, because they aren't yeah, all you. people. You know, 20, 28,000 brokers and 2,000 people. And five people from Canada. Um, yeah, so, I mean, when, when they had, like, that slew of, of season ticket requests, I was like, oh, yep. I mean, single single uh, game tickets are going to be, like, through the roof. Especially with rebuilding Key Arena or whatever it's going to be called. And now with the, uh, the public transit thing, um, yeah. It's going to be pricey and and a new practice facility and 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 so um now I knew it. It's like I I I saw the the demand for season tickets and I'm like, yeah, good luck getting a regular regular game ticket <laughs> for like less than a hundred dollars. <laughs> less than hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's what that's that's kind of what I'm 
worried about, you know. And then if they want to do those family-friendly packages, do they put the qualifier on it that the transit isn't part of it? And if it is, then, you know, I just, it's a great initiative. I'm really, you know, it's very cool they did it. It would be even better if it was in, like, New York, someplace that had, you know, sufficient mass transit to make me excited about using it. But I have no desire to get on a metro bus and float across 520 and head down to Key Arena and or Westlake Center, you know, because where the, the bus terminal is and then hop the monorail out to the... Well, and you know. here's the other thing with the monorail... Is there's only what two cars? Yeah, there one goes one way, one goes the other. Well, no, so they have two cars on each monorail, but only one track is open at a time. Well, they they alternate the schedule, so yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be waiting anyway. I, I was saying that to somebody who is actually who lives in the area. I was like, well, you know, there is a. Um, cause she's going to take the, the sounder up, which is a train. Yeah. And I said that I think that she can get from the sounder to light rail at Tukwila. Um, and then from the light rail, you can get to the monorail, monorail. but you know, you're going to have to build in the time waiting for the next monorail or two to get to the Seattle mm-hmm. center. So, I mean, I've, I've, done this i've lived this life i when i would go to seattle thunderbirds games when they were still at the seattle center coliseum yes i'm that old um i would yeah i I grew up west sound so i took the ferry over my sister and i would take the ferry over and then we'd do the pike place stairs god forbid um up to the elevator The stairs up to the elevator, because <laughs> the stairs up to the elevator were bad enough without having to take the rest of the stairs, oh. and then walk over to Westlake and take the monorail over to the Seattle Center. So that that was a regular thing that we would do, because we, you know, driving was still a pain, and and uh, they didn't really have a lot of garage parking, and Thunderbirds games were fairly popular. So, I mean, I've done this from. Coming from Bremerton. <laughs> Will that track ever been? No, it won't, my French Canadian friend. Monorail. <laughs> Monorail. But yeah, it's like they're they're going. There's going to be some long waits for the monorail. That's all I have to say. Oh, long waits everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat, please well, tell me you have something to land this plane before I just. Start yeah, singing. sorry, the uh, ring came <laughs> off my pudding can, so I was a bit distracted. <laughs> Um, you can borrow my pen knife my good man um yeah public transit what what is that um yeah right yeah so seriously yeah earlier i mentioned there was a crazy conditional draft pick because i found that hilarious on the trade deadline but here's one from over the summer that we forgot about that might be a bit more interesting than we first expected um James Neal and Milan Lucic were traded for each other, but what we fail to remember is there was a conditional 2020 third-round pick going to the Flames. There have to be two conditions met for the Oilers to send it to Calgary. One, James Neal has to record at least 21 goals this season. Mm. And two, 
Milan Lucic scores at least 10 fewer goals than James Neal. <laughs> now, if you haven't been paying attention, James Neal has been sitting out of the lineup for the last month with an injury. He last played on January 29th, so almost a full 30 days, except for leap year nonsense. Such a nine-year-old's trading players. I mean, cards. I mean, players. <laughs> James Neal has 19 goals on the season in 50 games. And apparently he's uh, traveling with the team uh, on an upcoming road trip. Milan Lucic has six goals. So my question for you two fine people. Dun, dun, dun. Will both conditions of the James Neal and Milan Lucic be met on the final day of the regular season? I, as a woman, defer to the men's opinion first. Follow us on Twitter at 3 v 3 Podcast. This has been the 3v3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. <laughs> <laughs>